0: Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we discuss how to handle it if your child or someone else in your party is too scared to ride some of the thrill rides at Disney World. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. Thanks to Smash for your recent review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com. Slash Disney Deciphered, where you'll receive bonus content, or you can support us at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us Disney at Gmail.com, tweet at us at WW Deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies,
1: and I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes
0: welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, if you listen to any of the episodes when we discussed our June trip, you will know that both Leslie and I have had kids at various phases in their lives be afraid of the thrill attractions and even some of the regular dark ride attractions at Walt Disney World. So we thought we would dedicate an episode to some tips that we have for how we have dealt with our kids. And of course, we would love to hear how you have handled your kids At the different phases in their lives as they've been anxious about various attractions or, you know, just a little bit scared and on that border of where the fear is fun and when the fear is traumatizing for life. But uh, before we get started on how not to traumatize our kids, Leslie, hopefully we haven't traumatized our patrons and we have a couple new patrons to thank.
1: That's right. Um, Welcome to new patrons, Lynn M. and Alex and C. We really appreciate your support. And if you're interested in getting our bonus content and supporting the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered.
0: I think uh, it'd be useful to start by discussing the real categories or things that can be scary for little or, you know, bigger kids. We can break down Disney attractions That are thrilling into, I think, three types roller coasters, screen based rides, and drop rides. Unless you have anything you think uh, I missed there, Leslie.
1: Yeah, that's true for the thrill rides. And it's definitely, as we get into it, going to be interesting to see that some kids are totally fine with one kind of thrill and totally averse to other kinds of thrills. So you need to sort of like, think of those categories in your mind. And like you mentioned earlier on, Joe, I mean, it's not just the thrill rides that kids are often scared of. I mean, often the dark rides at Disney parks can be a little bit creepy. So some of the ones that are kind of like the classics kids really freak out about. I know a lot of toddlers and preschoolers, especially sometimes just really don't want to go in a ride vehicle that goes into a dark room. So keep that in mind as well. I actually never had that problem, but um, I'm having the thrill ride problem for real with my youngest
0: yeah we definitely have the dark ride problem and now even though my son is into thrills he still has a dark ride problem he wanted to go on Tower of terror and i was like uh i don't think so and i started describing to him and he's like okay i'll skip it but guardians of the galaxy mission breakout in disneyland that will work well so tower of terror combination dark ride and drop ride also rip tower of terror sign which they took down today as we are recording so sad very sad very sad (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about some of our tips for dealing with our scaredy cat kids and maybe your scaredy cat kids. What do you have for us to start with?
1: All right, first things first, I think it's really important to prepare your kids well before your trip. I mean, my son doesn't react well to surprises, just generally speaking. But for dealing with thrill rides, I think it's important to sort of just educate your kids. Watching YouTube videos of rides is really helpful to sort of let them understand what they're going to be seeing. Sometimes getting sort of a behind the scenes kind of view of these rides also diminishes the fear factor. Definitely uh, just pull up the YouTube POV videos and go through those with ones that you think might be issues with your kids and just talk to them about the different types of rides to get a sense. If you've never been to a theme park before, I mean, you're going to be a little bit flying blind, but if you have, then, you know, talk to them about what they liked and what they didn't like to get a sense of whether you're dealing with avoiding the drops or avoiding the coasters, etc. I also let my son make a list of his top choices. And I try to get him to put something on the list that maybe is pushing the envelope a little bit. And so we've made, you know, slight gains that way by adding something <laughs> each trip and sometimes as a hit. And if you've listened to some of our other episodes about our most recent trip, sometimes it's a big fail, <laughs> as was Flight of Passage and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But there you go.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely admit that when we first started going to the parks, for myself, I like the purity of going into a ride not knowing what's going to happen, and I don't like to spoil myself. And foolishly, when I was younger, and my kids were younger, and I was a younger parent, I wanted them to experience that thrill of not knowing what's happening. But after one or two traumatic incidents, I have decided. Until you get to the point where you know that your kids like the thrills, it's just let them watch a YouTube video. So at least they know what is coming. You know, I do feel like for the thrill rides for my older two kids, I don't need to do that anymore. But I found that once they have one or two bad experiences, you want to kind of set them up for success, which leads us to our second tip, which is you don't want to push your kids past what they're ready for or too far past what they're ready for. You know, you want to push the envelope a little bit, but at some point if you're, (laughs) and most people don't do this, but I think we're all tempted. If you're kind of forcing your kids onto rides and saying like, oh, you'll like it, you'll like it. You have to start questioning whether you're doing that for them or whether you're doing that for yourself. So, you know, our second tip would be don't push them too far. There are limits to the force march of happiness that we put our kids up through
1: yeah totally agree and if your child is actually really freaking out like crying or screaming cast members won't let your child get on the ride so i mean there's definitely like sort of a built-in safety net i guess for truly bad parenting at disney i guess but yeah i mean if there's a little bit of fear that's healthy but you know when you're pushing your kid over that boundary
0: for sure right and of course if you're children have sensory processing issues or other things going on you know you know your kids the best and i guess this is silly because we all as parents know our kids the best and so we know kind of where we can push them to but in case you need the reminder don't push them too far now the next tip doesn't get the scaredy cat kid on the ride but is One of our favorite things to do at Walt Disney World, and we still do it, although I guess technically your kids have aged out, Leslie. But tell us about Rider Swap and why it's so awesome if a kid is too scared for a ride.
1: No, I don't think they've aged out. There's not an age to Rider Swap. I can still use it. Oh, there is.
0: No, because- Really? Because, well, I guess you haven't totally aged out, but Disney allows your kids when they're seven years old to be by themselves. So theoretically, you you could leave your- Seven, ah. eight, nine-year-old, but but of course, not yeah, I, no, they're, <laughs> not gonna, they're not. Disney's not going to force you to leave your seven-year-old kid.
1: That's so fair. That's I guess
0: you haven't aged out yet. That's
1: yeah, fair. But... So, so Rider Swap is a great feature. I mean, a lot of theme parks have it, but Disney's works by the first group in your family that wants to ride the attraction. So say one parent and a big sibling can go ride the attraction while another parent waits with the child that's too small or too scared to ride. And then you do a switcheroo and the second parent gets to ride. And actually... At least one other person at Walt Disney World, usually big sibling, gets to double up and ride again. So that's kind of a bonus for um, my older child for sure. But the second group gets to go in through either sort of a back entrance or if there is a lightning lane through the lightning lane so they don't wait in line twice. So it's a nice little bonus. You know, it can be used in conjunction with the first group using a lightning lane as well. So you can dodge both waits if you have Genie Plus or paid lightning lane for an attraction.
0: Unfortunately, Walt Disney World has made it so you can only have one extra guest in the rider switching party. So we've said this many times. Uh, if you're a family of four, you're all set. But if you're a family of five, one of the, if you have two kids who ride the first time, one of them won't be able to ride the second time. For a rider switch, if you're not sure who to ask, Normally, there are separate cast members who are setting that up. If you don't see them or you're not sure which ones are which, just ask any cast member near the attraction and they will direct you to where you need to go. Now, when you are not rider swapping and when you are introducing your kids to more and more thrilling rides, we suggest that you start easy. And so we just want to give a list of the attractions to start with. Now, we broke down the thrill attractions into three types. And so I'll start with the coasters. The most simple roller coaster to introduce your child to, if you want to see if they're down with roller coaster type thrills, is Barnstormer. That is in the back of Magic Kingdom in New Fantasyland in the circus area. That is a 30 second roller coaster. It's really fast. It's not super thrilling if your kids can handle that. Some kids love that and they'll go on multiple times, especially later in the day when there's no line. But if your kid doesn't like Barnstormer, they're probably not going to like coasters in general. Now, moving up from Barnstormer, what would you suggest next to, you know, up the thrill by a level?
1: So I'd next suggest either Slinky Dog Dash in Hollywood Studios or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. Both of those are a slightly higher step up and both of them are very smooth coasters. So I think a lot of kids sometimes are shocked by, you know, especially at say like a Six Flags or something like that, just how rattly some coasters can be it kind of like hurts your brain and so these are very smooth so you won't get that effect which is great and it's more sort of turns and then some smaller drops but not like completely you know straight down kind of drops so i think that's a great way to ease a lot of kids into it
0: now at disneyland a good suggestion is goofy sky school that's at disney california adventure that is A short coaster with a lot of pauses in the middle It doesn't go too fast. So that's a good one to start your kids on over there. And I would say the last test for your kids is Big Thunder Mountain. Of course, if they can go on Big Thunder, they can pretty much go on anything. But that's probably the last one you want to introduce them to. I would say Space Mountain is probably for younger kids the most intense one because you can't see where you're going. And maybe we throw in Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind there as well but uh big thunder you know that's kind of i I would say that's the final test for your kids to be ready for all coasters
1: it's so funny that you say that joe because my son will do big thunder i mean reluctantly but he absolutely hated seven dwarfs my train and i couldn't get him on slinky dog dash so go figure
0: well uh, the one thing that we know that almost all kids can agree on is barnstormer is the easiest so you could start with that (laughs) fair point All right, so let's talk about screen-based rides. So for screen-based rides, we're talking about attractions where you have a big screen in front of you, maybe an IMAX screen, and the thrills are kind of, and the thrills are an effect of what you're seeing on the screen and how that makes you feel. So the final boss for screen-based attractions is Flight of Passage. That is your goal to get your kids on that so that you can get on that if you love Flight of Passage, which is everyone except for my one random friend who hated it. And my son. (laughs) Your son is not an adult, though. (laughs) So to start with, yeah, my son didn't like it either. I should I should say that. But uh, to start with, I think Soren is a good introduction to screen based rides. Soren, the I think the trickiest thing about Soren is it feels like you're very high up in the air, so you are throwing in that fear of heights as well. So that might make things tricky. But what other, what other screen based rides do you think uh, kids can start with to try?
1: So Star Tours is another great one because the motion simulation is pretty reasonable uh, in terms of the drops and things like that. And then also Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. That's another one that my son does. My son does all three that we just mentioned, Soren, Star Tours and Smuggler's Run. So those are great ways to sort of work up to the bigger one, even though we're not there yet.
0: Yeah. And then the final attraction type is the drop ride. And really, we're just talking about Tower of Terror and Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in Disneyland. However, now within the last few years, Disney has actually introduced an attraction that can give the kids a little bit of a feel for what a drop ride is like, and that is Rise of the Resistance, which features a very small drop, but it does feel like an elevator is falling out underneath you. So if you're trying to get your kids on Tower of Terror or Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, although, like I said, Tower of Terror is probably more scary for the thematic elements and not necessarily the drop, Uh, You can go on rises resistance and ask them how they did on that drop. All right. So besides getting your kids ready by gradually building up the level of difficulty for the thrills that they're doing, there are also other things you can do to minimize the thrills even when they're doing the thrilling attractions. So what's the next tip you have for us, Leslie?
1: The next tip is that you want to sit in the right place on certain attractions. I mean, a lot of coasters are much more thrilling in the front row or in the back row. Maybe they shake around a little bit more depending upon what the ride is. So sometimes, um, and it does depend on the ride and you have to do a little bit of due diligence and research, sometimes sitting in the middle is going to get you sort of a an experience that's a little more chill and maybe you want to start there before you go front row or back row. So do a little bit of research on this. I mean, I know this is a big factor on Cosmic Rewind where you're sitting in terms of especially something like motion sickness for a lot of people. People have said that the ride is is more intense in certain seats. So keep that in mind on certain Attractions. You know, for example, even on something like Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, my son has never had an issue with that. He always wants to be in the back row as an engineer. And he's so busy pushing buttons and excited about his role that he didn't really have time to ever think to be scared of that. So think about sort of the setup of, of these rides because it will give you an assist and, and maybe some distraction.
0: Yeah, that's another reason why Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is so good, because it's like a dark ride, but not a scary version of a dark ride in the middle. So that gives them a break. There's also a break in Slinky Dog Dash as well. But if your kid hated the first half, they're going to hate that second half, too. So I don't know if that break helps or not. You kind of want to get it all done at once. And yeah, that's another thing we should say. The attractions that we gave you in order, they kind of get they get longer. Um, And so, you know, you really want to start with the shorter attractions, because even if a kid is not loving the attraction, they're not there for as long, which is, again, why the Barnstormer is so great. Now, like we said, don't push your kids beyond what they're ready for. If that's the situation you find yourself in. Thankfully, there is a ton of stuff to do at Walt Disney World, and you can skip those attractions altogether. Now, let's first talk about when you skip those attractions and you have Genie Plus, Leslie, what kind of possibilities does that open up for us?
1: It opens up a ton of possibilities. And this is ultimately what my son and I mostly did on our trip was we weren't going for Space Mountain. We weren't going for Tower of Terror. We weren't going for Rock and Roller Coaster. And that meant that we were able to get our top pick attractions on Genie Plus with closer in return times. And ultimately, we were able to maximize Genie Plus that much more, get on that many more attractions with it over the course of a day. So it ends up being really advantageous to your touring strategy if you just embrace it or at least embrace it on certain days. Um if you're going with your family and, and some days you're gonna hit the thrill rides and do a rider switch and some days you're just gonna focus on the slower attractions. So once I sort of let go of the fact that I wasn't gonna ride every thrill ride and, you know, I could have the luxury of doing that, because I do go to Disney often, then, you know, it really did improve our trip. And I felt like I could kind of hack Genie Plus a little bit, which was great.
0: And then even outside of attractions, there's a lot of things that you can do. The parades are back, you can do dining with your kids, you can meet characters, if you know, for Genie Plus, that helps you to cut all the lines for the characters that aren't Genie Plus. So that is great. You can also just uh, enjoy depending on which park you're in the street atmosphere and the entertainment they have or you can go to some of the shows that they have like *Festival of the lion king or uh, even hall of presidents if you need some air conditioning there's i think what we love most about walt disney world is it's not only about the thrill attractions and you can have an amazing time even a week at walt disney world without having to even step on one thrill attraction with your kid and that's what is one of the best things about the park so we have tried to be pretty balanced about not pushing our kids too far and not, you know, forcing them into things that they're not ready for. They won't enjoy. But who are we kidding? Sometimes we still do that. And if you are in a situation where you really want to push your kid to go the extra mile, where the devil on your shoulder, what's your suggestion, Leslie, for how to do that?
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, I definitely am not above using the occasional bit of bribery or peer pressure to try to nudge a kid who I think is ready to be nudged. We definitely did this. We used your son who just scoped out Cosmic Rewind and wrote it and enjoyed it and gave it a positive review to try to coax my son on it. But that did backfire, you know, no permanent damage done. But it wasn't a hit for my son, even though yours, who's a bit younger, enjoyed it. But we also, you know, I, I promised my son a, a Mickey ice cream bar if he tried the next coaster later in our trip. And he did. And he um, fought back. Uh, you know, squeezing out a tear and, you know, got his ice cream bar at the end. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a little positive reinforcement never hurts. I mean, we do this as parents all the time and no judgment when used responsibly.
0: Yeah, if I can take a little detour here, I think what we messed up on Leslie with Cosmic Rewind is we really should have gotten him that Mickey pretzel either before or after (laughs) because he (laughs) was so fixated on that. That's right. He, was, he really wanted that pretzel. Blew it. And then we, we, we didn't, you know, neither of us thought, I mean, we were essentially co-parenting for the day. And so none of us got him the Mickey pretzel. And then after Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, we went to Space 220 so we couldn't get a Mickey pretzel after. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that you got to think about. You want, you know, we didn't write this down, but talking about this made me realize, especially with my son and my youngest daughter, they really need to be in the right mindset if they're gonna be pushed past their boundaries. And so if you really want to push them, at least in our family, you kind of have to have everything set up well. You you want them to be in the best positive spirit before you try the thing. Otherwise, you know, it just makes things worse. So, you know, make sure they're fed, not too much so they don't throw up, haha, but make sure they've had a good day, make sure they're not overly tired. You know, that really goes a long way when you're going the extra mile.
1: For sure, and I do wonder if perhaps Pushing on some of these attractions during the absolute heat of summer in Florida was a bad call. I mean, my son loves Goofy Sky School at Disneyland. And I don't think some of the rides that he was, you know, didn't enjoy were you know, necessarily any more thrilling than that. And it may have just been a little bit of the perfect storm of flying cross country, being really hot, not having his Mickey pretzel. You're right.
0: There you go. We've solved it. We solved it, Leslie.
1: I hope so cuz I really would love for him to try a couple of these thrill rides. I keep trying each trip. So stay tuned. Keep listening to the podcast and we'll get him on on Space Mountain.
0: Yeah, next year. I mean, my son between February and June, like he changed. I do not think he would have liked Cosmic Rewind in February. So who knows? You know, they grow up so fast, unfortunately. All right. So those are tips for Concepts to use when you are dealing with your kids scared of thrill rides But you still want them to go or even what you can do if they end up not going on those thrill rides If you have any ideas, let us know Disney deciphered at gmail.com at ww deciphered on Twitter or on Facebook and Instagram Disney deciphered Leslie, do you have a Disney do or don't for us for our scared kids?
1: So Joe I would say if you are pushing your kids my don't is don't make them wait in line for the attraction. You want to grease the wheels as much as you possibly can book that genie plus pay for that paid lightning lane, set yourself up for success. You know, it's kind of the same principles we were talking about with the Mickey pretzel. You're going to have a kid that's going in happier if they're not having to have that anticipation of standing in the line and worrying about what's coming for like an hour.
0: Yeah. Great tip. The anticipation really kills you, which is Good ride design, as we discussed in the Cosmic Rewind Ride Guide. It's good ride design to show you how scary the ride is while you're waiting in line. But if you are scared of the ride already, if you see the ride a bunch of times, uh, that is not going to help your child's psyche as you're trying to push them to that next level. So, great tip. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you wiping a single tear from your son away after you make him ride Seven doors Mine.
1: Oh, thanks, Joe.
0: <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement.